the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. Second Chronicles, the uh, sixth chapter, starting at verse 19, dear ones. Notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares to us. It says, have respect, therefore, to the prayer of your servant and to his supplication, O Lord, my God, to hearken unto the cry and the prayer which your servant prays before you, that your eyes may be opened upon this house day and night, upon the place whereof you have said that you would put your name there, to hearken unto the prayer which your servant prays toward this house. Hearken, therefore, unto the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel, which they shall make toward this place. Hear thou from your dwelling place, even from heaven. And when you hear, forgive. Well, today, dear ones, I would like for us to continue on with our examination of this text of Scripture that we have started looking at. Uh, we started looking at this, this Scripture, this text of Scripture. Um, we're working our way to Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter. Um, though that, that, fame, that very familiar passage of Scripture where the Lord says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Yes. So we're working our way towards that, but in order to get there, we have to first start with the backstory. And so we started looking at the backstory of how all that came about and what the Lord was saying to them at this time. And so the text of Scripture that we want to focus on for today, dear ones, is found for us in Second Chronicles, the sixth chapter. Um, we're going to be dealing with the majority of that sixth chapter. Um, we'll probably we'll, we'll touch on it. We're not going to read all the verses, but we will touch on the majority of the sixth chapter. And the topic that we are dealing with, that we've given to whole, this whole examination, dear ones, the topic is this. Things to remember when starting over again in order to do it right. Amen. Things to remember when starting over again. In order to do it right. Amen. Now, um, in an effort just to re re uh, recap or, or go back over just real quickly, uh, the primary points that we learned from the last time we were together um, dealing with this text, dear ones, we learned a couple things. One thing was that 
we learn that there are obligations and responsibilities that go along and accompany a person being able to be to be able to stand in the presence of the Lord. Um, there are responsibilities, obligations. There are things that the Lord is asking for of us in order to be able to stand in his presence. There are things that the Lord is asking for from us in order to be able to serve him in some capacity. And the, there are things that the Lord is asking for, things that he's looking for from our lives in order to have the blessing of his favor be upon our lives. So we talked about the, uh, Aaron's two sons and how they tried to presumptuously just come before God any way they wanted to come. Um, and there were consequences that, that were exacted upon them. So we learned that there are responsibilities, there are obligations, there are things that must be taken into consideration when we come into the presence of the Lord. Um, the dear ones, the second thing that we learned is we learned that we must always remember that we serve a God who cannot be contained, he cannot be controlled, and he cannot be fully comprehended by us in any way. We, we learned also, dear ones, that we serve a God who cannot be contained by us. He cannot be controlled by us. You know, he, he, and in many ways, he cannot be comprehended by us. You know, the only way that we are able to even begin to comprehend who God is and how awesome he is, is he reveals himself to us. He reveals what he wants us to know. He, he reveals it to us so we can know it. Because apart from the Lord revealing these things to us, there's no way we'd be able to fully comprehend him. There's no way we can comprehend the Lord. And, and in, as I said, dear ones, there's no way we can control him. We can't control God or, or manipulate God into doing things our way or doing things that we want him to do. We have no capacity to do any of that. We, as we talked about last time, dear ones, and, and I was up preaching at Mission Creek yesterday, and I was stressing this point to them also. As we come before the Lord, dear ones, we come, as, this, as we talked about last week, we come with our hands Open hands held out and open hands held up. We come with open hands. Open hands means I ain't got nothing. There's nothing in my hands. I have nothing. I'm coming with open hands and I'm holding them out, but I'm also holding them up. Holding them out means, Lord, without you, I have nothing. Holding them up means, Lord, I surrender to you everything. I have nothing and I'm surrendering everything. And so we talked about that last week. There was, we want to move on from that point on today. And we want to begin to look at what we're told in verses 19 to 21. So let's read those verses one more time. It says there, have respect, therefore, to the prayer of your servant and to his supplication, O Lord, my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which your servant prays before you, that your eyes may be open upon this house day and night, upon the place whereof you have said that you would put your name there, to hearken unto the prayer which your servant prays toward this place. Hearken, therefore, unto the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel, which they shall make towards this place. Hear thou from your dwelling place, even from heaven. And when you hear, forgive. Amen. Now here, dear ones, King Solomon is asking the Lord to hearken to or to hear and listen to and to have respect for the prayers that the people of Israel pray that are either in the house, meaning that they are actually physically in that place, in the place that Solomon had built, they're in the house, or that the prayers that they pray toward that place, which means that they are praying their prayers in some place that is distant and removed from the house that Solomon had built for the Lord. So Solomon says, Lord, have respect. Listen to the prayers. Hear the prayers of your people that they pray either 
in this house. They're here actually praying these prayers. They're physically in this place that I have built for your glory. They're here or toward this house. Meaning that they're somewhere else. They're somewhere distant. They're not here. But their mind, their heart, and their will is directed towards this place. But dear ones, I want for us to notice the specific response that Solomon asked the Lord to give to all the prayers that come before him from the people of Israel. Notice what he says. He asked the Lord, he says, verse 21, that second part of it, he says, Hear thou from your dwelling place, even from heaven, and when you hear forgive the specific response that God that Solomon asked the Lord to give to all the prayers is for the Lord to forgive and now dear ones we need to keep in mind that what Solomon is asking for is he's asking the Lord to be kind and gracious merciful and forgiving towards the people of Israel in response to the prayers that they will make that they will be making to him amen Now, we need to take note of at least two things from what we see here. One thing, dear ones, is that Solomon, he is the current king of Israel at this time. And so he is acting as the primary representative of the people of Israel. Solomon is the king, so he's acting as the primary representative for the people of Israel. And so what he is doing here at this time is he is stating what he believes is the primary need that the people have that they will need for the Lord to do for them. Solomon is acting as the primary representative. He says, Lord, in my estimation, this is the primary thing that we need for you to do. We need for you to forgive. And the other thing that we want to take note of is we want to notice that what Solomon is requesting for the Lord to do for them, dear ones, it differs greatly from a lot of things that we hear people saying today that they're asking the Lord to do. Solomon is asking the Lord to do something specific, but as you look at it, it is so far removed from a lot of things that people are asking for the Lord to do for them today. Dear ones, in many cases, people are asking the Lord, if you were to ask them, what is the primary thing? That you need the Lord to do. If you are representing a group of people, if you are the representative of these individuals, what in your estimation is the primary thing you need God to do? They would say things like bless, like increase, like prosper, like like give victory, like like like, you know, give health, you know, hold, make whole. Uh, uh, they They would name off a number of different things. I wonder if anybody would say forgive. Amen. Forgive. Solomon, dear ones, he foregoes all these other types of things. And he instead asks the Lord to forgive and to be gracious and kind, patient and merciful toward both him and the people of Israel. Now, dear ones, it is seeing the wisdom that Solomon shares here. It is seeing the wisdom that Solomon is displaying here that it leads us to our next observation that we can begin to learn from this text. And that observation, dear ones, is this. The greatest need that we as people have is to experience the forgiveness of God. The greatest need that we as people have is to experience the forgiveness of God. The experience of God that both forgives us and teaches us how to forgive others. That's the greatest need we have. That really is, you think about it, that's really the greatest need we have. 
Because, dear ones, the greatest need that we have, one, is to have fellowship with God. Right fellowship with the Lord. But in order for that to happen, there has to be an area where forgiveness takes place. we, We have to ask him to forgive us. And so forgiveness has to happen for this relationship to be right. But a lot of times, dear ones, the very primary thing that is making these relationships wrong is there some issue of offense that has happened. Some problem has taken place. Something has arose where there is now a difference and a disagreement and a a, a breaking of that relationship. And so in order for this to be reestablished and made whole and made healthy the way that it's supposed to be, forgiveness must take place. And so for this to be right and for this to be right, Forgiveness has to happen. And so the primary need that we have, dear ones, is the need to experience the forgiveness of God. Now, there are other things that some might say are more pressing and more urgent needs that a person can have. That that can include such things as the need for food. Some would say that the need for food is the most important thing. You know, bless, Lord, give us food or, or, or drinkable water. That's, that's another need. Shelter, clothing, uh, medical attention, and medical assistance when, when needed. There was, those are all legitimate needs. Those are all pressing needs. And let's, let's remember to continue to pray for those individuals that have been impacted by that hurricane, you know, in the Bahamas, in the Florida, the Carolinas. Let's continue to pray for them. And if we're able to, as a church, I'd like for us to send something to them. To try and be a blessing to them. They have legitimate needs right now. Here we go. The thing we want to keep in mind, though, dear ones, is all those things, even though they are legitimate needs, they all pertain to issues that you face in this life. Amen. They all address issues that you face in this life and this life alone. Amen. The issue of God's forgiveness and us experiencing the forgiveness of God addresses issues in this life and also in the afterlife, in eternity. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on the station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax-deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. Dear ones, it addresses things that are temporal and in this, that pertain to this life in the sense that the one thing that each one of us needs both to be able to do and to be able to give to others 
in order to live in a way that is harmonious and effective with other people is we must learn how to forgive others. Now, notice I said we need to learn how to forgive. Because forgiveness for a lot of folk, including myself, doesn't just happen automatically. It just doesn't, you know, just, well, I forgive you. I forgive you. It's all good. I I got it. No, I I can say that. But the truth of the matter is I have to learn how to forgive. But also, dear ones, I also need to learn how to be forgiven by others. I need to learn how to be forgiven by others, how to receive forgiveness and not beat myself up and not just kind of take myself, break myself over the coals and all these things that we want to try and do rather than just accepting a person and forgiving you. But we also, dear ones, we need to learn how to ask for forgiveness when we need to ask for forgiveness. For many a person, dear ones, we struggle to ask for forgiveness. You know, we, we, we want to do a lot of stuff. We offend somebody. And rather than just saying, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? I'll buy you, six, I'll buy you a dozen donuts and bring them to you. Yeah. Here you go, some donuts. You, I know you like donuts here. Yeah, dear. Bye-bye. <laughs> and we think that's going to do it. We think that, that covers it. I, I, I apologize. What did you do? I bought them some donuts. That was my apology. No, no, that's not an apology. Amen. That's a bribe. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Lord have mercy. Marla got it. (laughs) That's a bribe. That's not an apology. And so so we we have to learn how to ask for forgiveness. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Forgive me. And so, dear ones, that's it. But it also, this whole issue of the forgiveness of God, it also addresses things that are eternal. In the sense that it addresses the one thing that separates us from God. And as a result of that separation, dear ones, it has the ability to condemn us to eternal separation from God. And that one issue, dear ones, is the issue of our sins. Now, everybody hold your finger here in Second Chronicles and turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Um, the hand of the Lord is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your sins have separated you from your God. And your iniquities have made it so that he will not hear you. And so the one thing that separates us from God is our sins. And the one thing that needs to be addressed in order for us to have relationship with the Lord is our sins. And so the forgiveness of God both gives to us the foremost thing that each one of us is in need of, which is to be forgiven by God. But it also teaches us and instructs us on how we, in response to the forgiveness that God gives to us, are then in turn to grant forgiveness to other people and receive forgiveness from other people. Now, dear ones, so, so, so let's all turn real quickly to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, the second chapter. I want for us to start reading at verse 11. Notice what we're told in verse 11 of Ephesians, the second chapter. Paul says there, he says, Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, But at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of two one new man, yeah. so making peace. Amen. 
Now, dear ones, Paul here, he's addressing a couple things because one, he's addressing the very thing that allows us to have peace with God personally. The blood of Jesus Christ, the, sac- the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on Calvary allows us to have peace with God personally, but it also allows us to have peace with one another interpersonally because now and relationally because now in jesus christ both jew and gentile have been made one so now we're able to have peace not just with god personally but peace with one another interpersonally and so everything that could separate us from one another every issue that could separate us from one another things like wealth or education race color creed background status All those things, all those things have been addressed through the cross of Jesus Christ. And so in Christ, we truly can become one. And all those other issues are now addressed. That's why you hear a lot of people talking about, you know, we want to have peace in the earth, peace in the world, peace here. And we need peace over there. Dear ones, people will only have peace once we realize we need the foremost person we need is the king of peace. Amen. That is the only way that peace will happen, is we must realize we must bow in submission to the king of peace. And so through Jesus Christ, we can have peace with one another. And so the forgiveness of God is the foremost thing that we all need. But let's all turn back to Second Chronicles, because in verses uh, 22 to 39, Solomon now begins to uh, uh, because he, he denotes a large section of his prayer that he prays to the Lord in order to outline and detail for the Lord certain situations where he realizes that the people could find themselves beginning to operate in such a way that they would be in need of the Lord's forgiveness and for the Lord to restore them. And so as you read this prayer, dear ones, and you start at verse 22 all the way to verse 39, Solomon is outlining different situations, different issues that could come up with the people. That he realizes, Lord, if, if these things happen, we could begin to operate in ways that would lead us contrary to your word and to your will. And we will be in need of forgiveness. Amen. Now, dear ones, I do not want to cover each and every one of those situations that Solomon talks about here individually and specifically. But I do want to I want for us to at least look at the general area that Solomon begins to address in these verses. So in verses 22 and 23. Solomon brings up the issue of of individuals beginning to have conflict with one another on an interpersonal relationship and so or on an interpersonal level. So people begin to fight and argue with one another. But then in verses 24 and 25, Solomon addresses the issue of them not being able to stand against those that would come against them. So he begins to talk about, Lord, when your people are not able to stand against the enemies that are coming against them because they have sinned. He says, Lord, forgive. But then in verses 26 and 27, Solomon brings up the issue of them beginning to experience difficulties in their finances. Solomon begins to act, Lord, if you, Solomon begins to pray, Lord, when your people start sinning with the money you give them. When they start acting in ways that go contrary to your will and to your word with the resources that you allow them to have. Now, as you read the scriptures, dear ones, Solomon talks about how if you shut up heaven. Now, dear ones, they lived in an agricultural society. And so any extended time of drought 
would cause their money to get real funny. And so Solomon is talking about their financial situation. He said, Lord, if your people start to sin and you begin to deal with them in that area of their finances, when they ask for forgiveness, Lord, when they recall, when they, when they, when they become aware of their sin and ask for forgiveness, Lord, forgive. Amen. In verses 28 to 31, Solomon begins to address those issues that have the ability to impact them both environmentally and physically. Solomon begins to talk about the environment. Lord, if we start doing things that begin to violate and harm the environment or, or, or things start happening, we start doing things and we become physically impacted by the things that we're doing. When we, exactly, when we turn from our sin, when we confess and repent of our sin, forgive. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.